passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! This is Love of the Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan. You can also hear him on the Dallas Cowboys radio network as the pre- and post-game co-host. Brian Broaddus, how you doing, man? Doing well, Robert. Thank you very much. It's hard to believe that uh, we've got to week 18, haven't we? Uh, amazing. It seemed like you and I were doing podcasts together from Oxnard talking about how they were going to cut this team down to 53. But uh, here we go. Uh, going to finish this thing off and then uh, get ready for a playoff game. And and we'll talk about some playoff scenarios here in a sec. Um, we'll, we'll also... Uh, mentioned the the demar hamlin tragedy obviously because i think that affects everybody across the league um but it is it is interesting the way you you talk about how it seems like just yesterday we were back in oxnard and it really does in a lot of ways but also uh it feels like so long ago that they played week one against tampa for instance yeah and there have been so many ups and downs with this season i think that not to get too reflective but i think that's ultimately why cowboys fans have been so frustrated is you get these long buildups and you think you got a f- good football team and for it to be over so quickly as frequently as it has been in the last few years or, or the last you know 20 years, to be honest, 20, 25 years. Uh, I, I think that's why you see a lot of the uh, a, a, a lot of the the frustration and things like that. And, and a lot of the the, you know, unease about feeling confident about this football team is because it's like I've been hurt before, but 
I think, uh, like you mentioned at the end of last episode, you got to view each team as kind of its own thing. Um, and, and, you know, just because something happened to a team in the past doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen this one today. Uh, but I, I certainly understand the, the fear of, of getting your heart broken again, as, as Cowboys fans have had, especially when you're staring at the prospects potentially of a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers matchup, like we talked about the other day. Uh, but before we get into some of this stuff, Brian, I got a question for you because yeah. they are still in the, the hunt for the number one seed, even if it may be a little unlikely. Do you know? Trivia question. Do you know the last time the Cowboys won a road playoff game? Probably goes all the way back to, I'm going to guess because I don't ever remember winning one when I was there. Um, I'm going to go back 19. Okay, wait a minute. Because I'm thinking, okay, wait, I'm, I'm thinking about this. They went, to, they got beat the Super Bowl in 1995. No, they probably weren't on the road in 1995. 1994. Jeez, it had 90, 1991? The very first NFC championship game victory during the 90s Super Bowl. And it was the 92 championship game at Candlestick. Okay. Okay. The Alvin Harper game. That was that was yeah. the last road playoff game. I was trying uh, to think of what won. year that I was trying to. I know that was a road game, and I was trying to think about that. So I was I was in the ballpark. Yeah, ninety ninety two. I you know what's so funny, Bobby? I was at that game. I get. I, I was. I was working for the Green Bay Packers, and a scout. If you listen to our show and you know the NFL, um, I worked with a guy named John Dorsey, who was a general manager. Actually, John was responsible for drafting Patrick Mahomes at Kansas City. And so John was a GM, but at the time, John was an area scout force with the Packers. And John told uh we were John and I were out in Palo Alto for the uh East-West game. And so I was like, John's like, hey, I've got this buddy who's got a suite at Candlestick Park. Um God, I should have remembered this time. I, now here I remember the story. Now you say the date. Uh, so, um, but John invites me to the game, and we're both working for the Packers. And so I'm I'm at the game, and I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to these fans from San Francisco, and they are just basically going to town on the city of Dallas, like they are saying things, and that's my home. So yeah. I'm sitting there the whole game. I'm sitting there the whole game. And just listening and listening and listening. And they're going off on the Cowboys. And John just, you know, where John and I are just sitting there watching the game. And Harper catches that ball. And I literally stand up in the box. And I'm like, run, 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 run. And like these 49er fans all turn around and look at me. And they're like, what the? And I go, you son of a bitches were like, you son of a bitches the whole day. We're talking about people from Dallas, the team, everything about it. And I go, I couldn't take it anymore. And Dorsey at that time, John looks at me and goes, Brian, we need to go. So I'm like, fine, fine, let's go. And I, I got up, we got up and left. But literally when Harper caught that ball, I was screaming at the top of my lungs for him to run. And uh, yeah. And that was my story at candles. Kind of, I, I could not remember 1992. I knew it was right around that time, but anyway, but yeah, Harper, 
those those fans in San Francisco, they were they were brutal on, and I I got tired of it. I just got you know they did not say one nice thing about the city of Dallas, people from Dallas, and that football. Was it, was it Philadelphia like? Philadelphia is really really intense, really intense. These people, you'd had a pretty good rivalry, or it was starting to be a pretty good rivalry between the two teams, you know, and you could go back, you know, my uncle played for the 49ers in the seventies, Charlie Kruger. Matter of oh. fact, the 49ers wore a number 70 decal on the back of their helmet last year. And that was for my uncle that, oh, played, wow. that played with the 49ers. And so, um, yeah, they, they've had, it was a long, long, long rivalry between the two teams and like in the seventies. And then it kind of like Dallas started kind of falling apart Dallas big, biggest rivalry when I was going to games at Texas Stadium uh in the uh in the 70s and 80s were the Rams, the yep. Vikings, the like beginning in 1980 the Philadelphia Eagles started to be a better team. The at the time the Redskins, now the Commanders were a rival. But yeah, the Giants, the the Cardinals, those, those were some they weren't they weren't as good as some of the teams that, but yeah, the 49ers very intense, but not as intense as what living in Philadelphia was. Well, the, uh, they, they are, the Cowboys are, are going to be cheering against San Francisco this weekend, assuming uh, all games uh, are played as normal, which it appears we are headed for that. Um, and of course that reference before we dive into these games a little bit is in the, like really just the shocking tragedy of of Damar Hamlin uh suffering cardiac arrest on Monday night football the Buffalo Bills safety um and by all accounts a a, a great great guy um and and a, a guy with a big heart and and a a charitable uh bent to him and uh it was just a really a a, a jarring play and I'm curious Brian for uh your your thoughts on that that scenario in general obviously it's very sad um but but knowing having seen the the seriousness of, of injuries like this before obviously it's a a different scenario here with with Demar Hamlin but you know Sterling Sharp had his career ended while you were working in Green Bay yeah um you know it, it wasn't something that was on the field but you were working for DallasCowboys.com when Jerry Brown uh was killed in that car accident with Josh yeah. Brent and so um it, are, are you are you surprised that we we haven't gotten any sort of a a call yet uh, or or any sort of a hey we're just going to go ahead and move everything back by a week get rid of the Pro Bowl week um, or or do you think it's at this point best to just say you know soldier on we 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 got to keep playing these games and 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 our hearts are with them but but we got to play football like we have during the Jerry Brown or the Sean Taylor or other instances that have happened off the field. I'll tell you what, uh, I was also on the sideline when Gil Haskell, one of our coaches in Green Bay, got run into and his head hit the turf uh, violently on the sidelines at Texas Stadium with that hard turf. And uh, we had to stop the game and all that. They had to take Gil off on a, a stretcher. He had to go to the hospital. I'm not going to lie to everybody out there. When he got hit, I thought we lost him. I thought how violently his head hit that turf that we lost him right there. And, wow. uh, and the, 
you know, we got him away and, you know, our team, the Cowboys were good. They, they were beating us. I mean, it was, you know, it, it's something that's shocking, but we, we kept playing and, you know, not knowing that one of our, you know, not knowing anything about one of our coaches, you know, that, that he was uh, in that situation. You mentioned about Sterling Sharp, uh, you know, that was another one that was just very much a situation where you're like, you know, oh, please don't let this be, you know, and um, yeah, it's that one too, it's stunning when people go back and watch the Sterling Sharp injury. No, yeah. I think people yeah. watch back and go that that was what happened yeah. there. Yeah, he had a he had a like narrow, he had a, he had a narrow what we figured out was when we he had a narrow uh, spinal canal and that that's what um, matter of fact, I'll give you another one of a guy that never knew how close he was to being injured was uh, Eric Dickerson. Uh, we got Eric Dickerson in Green Bay in a trade from Atlanta, uh, Rams Atlanta to us. And we did the uh, the MRI on his neck and he had a narrow spinal canal and like to the point where just one hit, any kind of hit, you know, potentially, you know, and you could say that for a lot of players. I mean, if they get put in a bad situation, but Eric Dickerson went his whole career and never knew he had that never knew that he had the narrowing of that spinal canal. And he goes, man, I, and the, after he left us, he retired. He just said, that's it. I'm done. I'm not playing anymore. You know, we made a trade for him in green Bay. We were going to bring him to green Bay to play. But uh, what, what we learned the other night about, you know, Hamlin's injury was that it as rare as it is, you know, in other sports, it's happened before. Hockey, it's happened. Baseball, soccer, injuries like this happen where you have, uh, uh, you know, blunt trauma to the chest area, you know, the heart area, you know, and yeah. it, it happens. What we also learned is the men and women, and you can say what you want about the NFL and about player safety and all that, but the men and women – the 30 some odd staff members heroes that stand on that field during the game. And Christy scales from the sideline reporter from DallasCowboys.com. We had her on the G bag nation the other day. And I knew this, but I didn't know the number. They have specialists on the sidelines for everything. They have specialists for eyes. They have dental specialists, trauma specialists. They have all these. Every sideline has assigned staffs to both benches, you know, whether you're home or away that are responsible to go on top of the trainers you have and your own team doctors that are out there for that staff to see exactly what was happening and to run on that field. And here you are, you got a player with a Jersey, you got a player with shoulder pads and you have a player with a long sleeve undershirt wearing, you know, and now you're cutting jerseys, you're cutting shoulder pads, you're breaking things open to get to the area that you need to be and to be able to do it the way they did and as quickly as they did, they saved that kid's life. Now, we're starting to hear positive things. Again, he needs our prayers. No no doubt about that. And our support, anything we can do. Yeah, he's he's not out of the woods yet. He's but not it out of the woods. But but it's yeah, it's it's not one of those things where he 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 perished in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. You know, the work that those men and women did 
and the the medical staffs from both teams that to get that to get that situation it's resolved as quickly as they did i believe saved that kid's life and that's that's the thing that you have to if you're a player going forward and you're questioning about wanting to ever play again i it's a violent game i, I trust me i had a son that played high school football and when it was over when he was done playing I've never been so happy in my life to honestly, I really was happy, but I I wanted him to play. I wanted him to have that experience because my life has been football. It had been very hypocritical of me to say, Oh, don't play football. Don't play football. You know, cause I, I played football. I got a scholarship. I went on to work in the NFL. I got a job at media because of my ability to work in the NFL. So I can't sit there and, and be hypocritical and say, don't play. As I'm sitting here and evaluating players and parents who made a decision similar to mine, but they, you know, go on and play, go on and play. You know, so I I just think that if you look at the league as a whole, yes, player safety has come miles from what it used to be. But the fact that they have people in place to be able to handle emergencies like that one and 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 give give you give these players and coaches and fans a little peace of mind that hey if something like this happens again these are the protocols we'll go through and i i it, as violent as this game is that's the one thing as a player that i would have to say i have to feel good that these men and women that are standing here around me on this during this game are going to save my life if they have to yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even you mentioning the that was one yeah. of the things I thought about is is the cutting open the jersey and the pads. Yeah. And if I, you yeah. just watch somebody get, you know, you, you go into a locker room afterwards and they're coming out of their pads. It sometimes takes like two, three guys to help somebody get their pads off. And it's yeah. a cumbersome, you know, 30 second like, oh, all right, we'll turn over, bend your head sure. down. Let me pull this over here. And and so for them to do what they did as quickly as they did, they're honestly well, everybody involved there. They're heroes. And it's uh, it, it's something that, you know, we're, we're, we all are going to continue to pray for DeMar Hamlin yeah. and his family. The, the thing that's now there's some real tragedies though. And the Cowboys had this happen a couple of years ago. If you remember Bobby Marcus Paul, the strength coach yep, collapsed in the weight room. And I'll never forget that whole, when that hall went down and I know trainers and guys that did their very, very, very best to try and revive coach Paul, you know, and they, they couldn't get it done. Uh, but they did everything they could. They had, you know, defibrillators, they had everything, their compressions, they did everything they could and they couldn't bring him back. You know, sometimes it just, it just doesn't happen. And I, I know from knowing people as well as I do in the organization, those are one of those times that they'll always remember, you know, but the next time if something like that happens, you know, hopefully it won't be the, the results that they just went through with coach Paul, but it's the fact that these men and women are trained the way they are to potentially save a life. I think you have to feel as a player, you have to feel good that as violent as this game is, these guys are looking out for me. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. All right, so before we take on this next subject, I want to remind you about our wonderful sponsor here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. Uh, you know, when you're listening to this podcast on Tuesday, uh, you, this is the perfect time for you to get your reminder that you need to head over to Boomer Jacks later today for half price bone in wings. And then tomorrow it's half price boneless wings, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They have you set up with the great wing specials. No better way to bring in 2023 than with some wings. And they've also got great drink specials for you every other day of the week. They've got drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, wall-to-wall TVs for all of your sports watching needs, live music. It's just a wonderful atmosphere. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. Now, Brian, they are going to, it appears, play these games this weekend. Go, go ahead with it. I know they're, they were kicking around with the league uh, at league circles about the possibility of moving everything back, changing some things up. It does look like everything is going to go forward uh, as scheduled. And the schedule came out. The Cowboys will play the 3 o'clock slot the same exact time that the Philadelphia Eagles are playing the New York Giants and the same exact time that the San Francisco 49ers are playing the Arizona Cardinals. And these are going to be the games that the Cowboys are, are most interested in. Their own, obviously, uh, but doing a little bit of scoreboard watching, seeing if the Giants can help you out. Yeah. Uh, and if they're able to help you out, then seeing if, if the Cardinals can help you out a little bit. Uh, what the Cowboys enter this weekend with to play is that they've got – They've got the at worst the five seed, the top wild card spot, and a date with the Buccaneers uh, on the road uh, wild card weekend as as their 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 lowest point. Uh, if they happen to win on Sunday and the Eagles lose, then uh, Dallas clinches the NFC East, and they will be either two or one depending on if the 49ers lose. If the 49ers were to lose in that scenario, with Philly losing and Dallas winning. Then Dallas would get the one seed. If the 49ers to win, Dallas would get the two seed. Uh, so a lot of different scenarios here uh, that could play out for the Cowboys uh, as they head into this Washington game. How much in your experience, uh, guys generally will say like, ah, I don't pay attention to it. Or like, maybe I'll take a beat. How much scoreboard watching do you think does go on 
on the sidelines for for teams when they're in these sorts of positions? Like, like is everybody on the sideline going to be keenly aware of what's happening with Philly and San Francisco? Uh, I I know from my personal experience, um, we were in a situation in Green Bay where, and we at the time Green Bay didn't have the mammoth scoreboard that they had. They didn't have. Matter of fact, we went into the game. Mike Holmgren requested requested that out of town scores not be put on the board. There you go. He, he requested it, and so we got we got late into a game and we had it in hand. And next thing you know, the scoreboard lit up and the out of town scores came up. And that so fact that we had won our game and we got help from another team that got us in the playoffs. So, but Mike requested that, that all scoreboards at uh, Lambeau field, uh, at least the out of town scoreboard be turned off. And so we didn't know, we just played and fortunately we got the win, but in today's world of technology with communication, you know, you mean somebody doesn't have to be watching the game. You can just look down at your phone and pull up NFL.com, you know, or, you know, you could, you, you, you know, you could, you could always just check a score. So I'm sure there will be somebody um, like Todd Williams, who's yeah. direct director of football administration for the Cowboys. Todd watches the game from the sidelines uh, Will McClay generally sits in the coach's box and helps them chart uh, personnel groups. So I, he'll have access, you know, they'll be working. But my my guess is that Todd Williams will be on the field and will be monitoring what is going on in Philadelphia at the same time you're playing. And it is one of those instances where it, it feels like, okay, if you win your game and then ultimately Philadelphia and and San Francisco win theirs, uh, was it was it all for naught? Um, or w- is, is it a can't waste? You can't take that chance. You can't no, you, take that chance. You, you, you can't. can't. You can't. Um, and at the end of the day, I, I think, uh, while nobody would want them to, that maybe some Cowboys fans would lament like at the end of it, like, well, what did we just play that this game for? So, Brian – I, I want to well, kick around. The, th- the thing you the thing you got to understand though, Bob, is yeah. what if Detroit, what if Detroit beats Green Bay? You know, everybody's expecting Aaron Rodgers, and they're on a they're on a heck of a heater right now. I think four straight. This will be their fifth straight. But you know, what if what if all of a sudden, no, you get a, you you do get the Giants decide to play, and yeah. all of a sudden, um, you know, Jalen hurts, and man, I'm trust me. I, I took a lot of you know what from Philadelphia fans. I was having a discussion with a Cowboy fan on Twitter last week before the Eagles played the Saints, and I, the guy's like, "Well, what do you do?" And I say, "You keep playing until the Eagles win." And I go, "I don't think they're. I don't think. I think Jalen Hurts is hurt more, and I don't think they're letting you know that." And you know, that's a conversation I had with my Twitter followers. And next thing you know, that thing goes viral on Philly tw- on Philly Twitter. And I'm getting called every name in the book. And then Jalen Hurts practices, and I'm like, okay, let's see if he still plays. Didn't play. Well, this week, what's Nick Sirianni doing? I don't think it's gamesmanship. I think they have to play Jalen Hurts if they want to win. I know that Jalen Hurts isn't healthy enough. You know, he's dealing yeah. with he's dealing with the shoulder. And now how different is that def, excuse me, that offense gonna be 
for Philadelphia now. Can you afford, if you're Nick Sirianni, to run you know, Jalen Hurts and scramble him and try and get first downs and stuff like that in a game you have to win? This offense for Philly is going to be remarkably different. So to me, I think you have to keep playing. You just don't know. I mean, you just don't know. You've got to this point. The Eagles have had three. This will be their third chance for them to clinch. Yeah. And they haven't yet. The, the pressure's on them. The pressure's on them to maybe have to play a Jalen Hurts that is legitimately hurt. And 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 I, if I'm the Cowboys, I, I have to play. I have to play until A, Philly loses. Or you know, or be there in the point, uh, or Philly wins. Uh, excuse me, and I just have to keep going. If the score turns out to be, you know, thirty-four to seven, Philadelphia, then now I can adjust my game plan and do what I need to do. But if it's if it's a nip and tuck back and forth game, you have to keep playing along. And I I personally think with the Commanders, I don't see the Commanders quitting in this game this week. I I, I just don't. I, Ron Rivera teams generally don't. Yeah, they looked bad against the Browns last week. Yeah, it was not. Bra- and, and it was because of Carson Wentz. Yeah, Carson Carson Wentz just takes the ball and throws it and hopes for the best. You know, that's what he – this this defense – I mean, they had goal line stands, fourth down – they had all these stand, they had, you know, fourth down stands. And their offense you – know, their offense still has, like, yeah, like – you get Terry McLaurin has not done anything against the Cowboys, but no, that, that's a guy that Diggs has consistently stopped. That's a guy that Diggs has got his number. But can you, you know, can you, you know, what about Dotson and people like that? You know, I mean, we'll see. Samuel, you know, Logan Thomas. I mean, they've got legit Brian Robinson. They could legitimately run the ball on you. You know, they're going to do things to make it easy on this quarterback. But I. I think you're going to be in. I think you're going to be in for a tough game this week. I really do. I was talking to some people in Washington. They said that uh, while Brian Robinson's a good player and he's been a remarkable story this year, uh, from what you studied with them this week, does he look hurt? Because that's one of the things that I heard is that he he's banged up right he's now. He's banged up. Yeah, he, he's he's he doesn't look healthy while he's playing in recent. No, no. If you go back and you watch some of the games that they played, though, he he is he is. He's taken a lot of hits. Now, this guy's 6'2", about 220 pounds with a football in his hands. You yeah. Know, you, you better bring the big boy pads and pants, even if he's banged up a little bit. You know, they've had to do with Antonio Gibson has been a little hurt. He didn't play last week. You know, Williams is the other back that they use. But Brian Robinson didn't play the first time around. And they had a little bit of success running the football. The problem was – they got in some situations where Carson Wentz took some sacks, you know, and they got pressure and they got guys that, you know, the, the, they run twist on inside and all of a sudden, uh, you know, the guard, the left guard doesn't block the linebacker on the blitz. And now it's a sack, you know, so they had some issues in that game. A lot of it I think was Carson Wentz. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think that was a ton of it uh, yeah. for them there. Uh, by the way, uh, really quickly, we'll, we'll reference uh, unsurprising breaking news. Uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame announces DeMarcus Ware is one of their finalists for the class of 2023. Shouldn't have ever been here in the first place. Should have been elected last year. Uh, but, you know, that that was a, a, a little bit of a game that was being played. Uh, back to the conversation, though, about the idea that if they, they win the game but ultimately don't change their playoff seating. Yeah. Um, 
because you had to play it I out. So yeah, that's I don't, yeah. But, but I'm curious for you, what are some of the things that you can still take out of it as, hey, look, it was positive to play the game regardless of, of the playoff seating because of this? Because I, I look at a few things. I look at it's an opportunity again to get Nashawn Wright some yes. competitive reps. Yes, yes. It's, a, it's an opportunity again to let T.Y. Hilton and Dak Prescott work in a, a lower pressure situation to work with each other and feel each yeah. other out at game speed. And it's another thing that you've talked about. It's going to be tight with Tyler Biotish in the wild card game if they have to play then. It gives them a, a full game to kind of figure out offensive line combinations uh, and, and decide what they want to do there. So I think that even if you don't impact your playoff seeding with this game, there's still value that can be had coming out of this game and things you can you know, learn about your team and adjust about your team as you head into the playoffs. It's not a completely meaningless game that you play if, if, if you get this opportunity. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right. Damone Clark's another one. Yes. You know, I mean, you know, played get, much better last week. I yeah, think. keep keep getting him work. Keep getting right work. Uh, keep finding ways. Uh, you're right. They they need better continuity on the right side between Zach Martin and Ty, and Tyron Smith. You know, they need better. They they you know, let's does it give the opportunity for um, you know, does it give McGovern an opportunity to get more reps at center? You know, right. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that you know going into the playoffs because. Hopefully you'll get Farniak back. You know, hopefully you get, uh, you know, you, you get uh, the center back, Biotish. You know, I, I honestly, I believe you're going to get uh, uh, Hankins back and you're going to also get Vanderesh back. So these are all things like the guys that are playing those backup positions right now continue to give them opportunity. They got to figure out what's going on at right tackle and, and right guard because it's their yeah. block, their blocking is not as clean as you would think two Hall of Famers would. But that's – they just haven't played together a lot. And, you know, the most plays that they could get here uh, will, will help them because they're going to have to be able to block some of these fronts uh, that they're about to play in the playoffs. On the the question of, of you know, the of Washington playing this game out and, and some of the different things that they can do, where, where are you most concerned about – let me let me rephrase the question. Let me let me change it up a little bit. If they go out here, knowing that there are different ways that Washington can challenge you, even with nothing to play for and do certain things, would it be concerning to you still if you ended the season with a loss to Washington before the playoffs? Would that concern you that that you, if you did drop the game, even if they're a competitive football team and they they've got guys that can hurt you, would it be a a concerning omen to you heading into the playoff weekend to say? Man, you really didn't want to lose that one to Washington, even if it didn't have playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it would concern me because I do believe in my heart that the Commanders are a playoff team. I, I do. I think better they, than the Giants. I absolutely. I think they got worked. I think they got worked in that game where Ter, uh, Terry McLaurin lined up offsides, or they said he was offsides, or it was illegal motion. There should have been a pass interference call. There wasn't. Uh, yeah, did the Commanders? Did the Commanders? Uh, give away a game to the Browns last week. They absolutely did, but they made the mistake of playing with Carson Wentz. They should have known better. That that team right there, I would challenge you of of the teams that the Cowboys have played with receivers that have been good receivers. This team, this team they're about to play. When you talk about McLaren and Samuel and Dotson, that's pretty three good, pretty darn good receivers out there. So to me. And then Logan Thomas, 
I, to me, I just, this team's done something that you couldn't do. Beat Green Bay, beat Jacksonville, you know. Beat Philly with Jalen Hurts. Beat Philly with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is, you lose to, you. there's probably no shame to it, but there would be shame that if you let a first-time quarterback, you know, light you up and you lose this game. Yeah, that would be a, that would be that would be something that I don't think you'd be too happy about, especially especially Bobby when you're trying to win the game. Yeah, one more uh, note for you here uh, about the the Hall of Fame uh, as as we before we go into the Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. Uh, this one will make you smile, Brian. Uh, Michael Galkin tweeting: Cowboys great Chuck Howley is a senior finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So uh, yeah. that is that is good news. Is that one overdue? I know you still yeah. you you will you will. The, the one that'll make you the most happy is when eventually the Cowboys and the Pro Football Hall of Fame recognize Harvey Martin. I know that'll be the one that, that you, you'll you be waiting on. But Chuck Howley, mm-hmm. that one over, long overdue for you? Uh, Chuck, Howley was a, uh, Chuck Howley was a tremendous player. Uh, MVP on a losing Super Bowl team. I don't think that's ever happened. Only time. Uh, yeah, so um, I, I love the fact that Char- Chuck Howley's getting the recognition. I just wish the Cowboys would put Harvey Martin in the ring of honor. And I say this in no disrespect, no disrespect to, uh, to our guy that uh, from the San Francisco, from oh. the San Francisco 49ers uh, from uh, uh, John Lynch. No, no. The defensive end, the defensive end, that Charles, the Cowboys, Haley. Charles Haley, um, no disrespect to Charles Haley. Charles Haley was drafted by the San Francisco 49ers, played on Super Bowl teams for the 49ers, played on Super Bowl teams here. I'm not discounting his, his what he's done for the Dallas Cowboys, but I know growing up in the 70s and going to game, Harvey Martin, if you before they kept sack numbers, they went back and they got all kinds of sack totals. Incredible sacker, incredible player, Super Bowl champion in his own right. For the Dallas Cowboys, you know, I, I just with the Joneses, if I could just ever say one thing to them, and I think they realize this, but I don't know how much they realize it. This football team was really good before 1989 when they purchased this team. This team didn't start in 1989 and is presently where it's at from 1960 to 1989. It was a really, really, really good football team. 20 years of winning seasons, playoff success, Super Bowl success. You know, there are some players like a Harvey Martin that need to be in the ring of honor for what they did for this organization. I get it. Charles Haley, I appreciate it. But to me, I'll always remember Charles Haley as a San Francisco 49er. I always will. Was it? Who who was his presenter at the Hall of Fame? Was it Carmen Policy? Who was it? It was somebody with the 49ers. I think it was Eddie DeBartolo, who the, yeah, owner, no, no, the owner. it was Eddie. It was- Jerry Jones went out of his way. Jerry Jones went out of his way to put to put him in the ring of honor so he would be accepted into the Hall of Fame. He went out of his way. Charles Haley is a tremendous player. I'm not trying to, I'm just saying. If you want to know the real history of the Dallas Cowboys, Charles Haley is on the is a Ring of Honor player for the uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. He's also yeah. a Hall of Fame member for the San Francisco 49ers. You know, 
He also had Eddie DeBartolo, the owner of the 49ers, give the speech for him. Yep. That, 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 I mean, it's, it's, it says, it says everything really. That, about. that says, that says a lot to me. If Harvey, Mar- if Harvey Martin were alive and, you know, he would probably have now somebody from, you know, somebody from that era, there's no tech SRAM, uh, Gil Brandt, you know, guys like that, but you know, so it's just, it's just unfortunate. I think that, that to me, that, uh, that, that Harvey's not in the ring of honor. That's that's a fair point. I, I I knew you were passionate about Harvey Martin. I am. Uh, so that that's I, I know that's one of your uh, your your guys that you'll well, go back. Only because Charles Haley's in the Ring of Honor for the Cowboys. That's fair. That it's a, it's a it's a fair take to be honest. You are listening to the Love of the Star po- podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, before we jump into the Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag, one of our favorite segments here on the show, I need to remind you about our favorite partner here on the show. It's Boomer Jacks. Brian and I keep telling you guys you need to go check them out, but especially on Tuesdays and Wednesdays because they've got great wing wing deals for you. On Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. On Wednesdays, they're half-price boneless wings, but they've got great specials for you Thursday through Monday as well. Uh, they got drink specials beginning at $3. They've also got $15 buckets of beers. So it's a wonderful setup for whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for a good happy hour spot with your coworkers, check out Boomer Jacks. If you're looking for a, a nice spot for dinner with the family, check out Boomer Jacks. If you're looking for somewhere to just watch one of these games that have been all over television in recent weeks, with one with some of your buddies, go check out Boomer Jacks. They have wall-to-wall TVs, live music. It's just a great atmosphere no matter what you're looking for. There's 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for the Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. Uh, first question here from Caleb Reese. We haven't talked about this today, uh, but we did get news, unsurprising. I think we actually answered a question about it on the last podcast. James Washington was released. Yes, he was. Uh, I, I think we we both kind of said his his time was done here in Dallas, um, uh, despite some some fans who still seemed interested in having him play. Uh, but Caleb Reese is saying after waving James Washington, who's the current fifty third guy? And he's wanting to know is it Kelvin Joseph who DNP at practice today because of a tooth? So a tooth. Always something with my man, but uh, it's it's reaching David Irving levels. Yeah, it is a little bit. Um, 
I'm trying to think of who that guy would be. Uh, and I wonder, I wonder if anybody would look at, it's like Will Greer, your 53rd player. It's not I a mean, bad one. Because if you put him on waivers, you know, he, he could get claimed. He, he could absolutely get claimed. I don't think you want to do anything with, uh, I don't think you want to do anything with uh, Josh Ball as your 53rd guy. I think they're kind of like they're kind of kind of setting their ways on that guy. I'm kind of looking at on the defensive side of the ball. McEwen is McEwen 53rd. Well, Mullen or Bell. That's you a know, good one. Those yeah. are good ones. Yeah, I, I think that you know we haven't seen anything from Mullen at all, and you know that maybe with you won't. And Bell is kind of the safety that they kind of liked him. They had him enough to be on, but you got Curse and Wilson, McQuamu, Hooker. Do you need that fifth uh, that fifth safety? And Bell is a kind of a guy that's inactive. So I would say it's probably going to come between Mullen and maybe Bell because I don't think they want to get in, rid of anybody on the offensive side of the ball. So you're safe for now, Kelvin Joseph, for now. For now. Uh, next question here from uh, Dallas's dad. Uh, a very uh, adorable picture of uh, his son in the, the profile picture there. Uh, but Dallas's dad wants to know, and I think you made reference to this a little bit. Uh, he's got a couple different questions, but he says, are we sure Hankins is a go for the playoffs? I feel like he's crucial to us stopping the run. Does Anthony Rush get any snaps this week in preparation in case Hankins has a setback? No, Hankins, as far as I know, Hankins is a good to go. And so is Vanderush. I asked about those two. Uh, the other day, actually on what's today, Wednesday, I asked about them on Monday. So yeah, I would say that uh, I'd say both of them are go. And uh, to that question though, on Anthony rush, would you potentially have him as a call up? Because Quentin Bohan has not been good. Uh, Quentin Bohanna, I, I feel like gets moved way too much for a guy of his size. Um, so is Anthony rush at least worth Maybe a practice squad elevation to, like, like he said, in case there's any sort of a setback or anything else. Why not just have a guy get some reps in in a game like this? Yeah, I think there would be. I think it'd be interesting to see about him. Um, you know, I need to ask about his conditioning because he's one of those guys that goes like he could he could be 350 pounds. He could be 360 pounds. You know, that's the guys that worked him out around the league this year. We're talking about this guy's super talented. But he's got a weight problem. So maybe the Cowboys are doing their, their due diligence on him to see if they can get his weight down and then get him out on the field. But I, I would be interested because every member of the gang of seven that responded to me about Rush, they were talking in a positive light. There was nothing negative. Very similar to what they were telling me about uh, Hankins, that he's still got something left and that it can play. Question here from Alan. How do y'all feel about how Damone Clark has played? LVE, any closer to coming back? Yes, Leighton Vanders, as you just mentioned, is closer to coming back. He was a limited participant at practice uh, on Wednesday for the first time since the the injury. Um, so that's good news right there. Uh, I, I don't think he's playing this week against Washington, but no. it, it looks like he's on track uh, for the playoff game. But on Damone Clark specifically, I feel like what we're, we're looking at, and I think you've made a reference to this too, I feel like what we're looking at most of the time with Damone Clark is just his understanding and, and, and knowing where to be and, and, and things like that. I mean, we, 
we laughed a couple weeks ago about Luke Gifford literally throwing him across the formation uh, because he was in the wrong spot. But there have been some times where his instincts have looked really good, and he's he you can see the burst and the athleticism and the physicality and and man, he's a guy who he likes to mix it up. Yeah, there was the, the Philadelphia game, I think it was, where I saw he was he was getting chippy and 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 enjoyed some of that. And so uh, I, I think Demon Clark is improving as a player and. Well, I don't think he's a finished product yet, and he's playing a lot more than they ever intended him to this year. Uh, I, I, I feel really confident about what he can be going into next year. I'm not going to lie, because I don't do that on this podcast. You don't do that anywhere. Not just I'm, this a, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in Clark. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and I think he's got enough reps now and has had enough work to where – the awareness situation, um, you know, shouldn't be there. I, I'm not saying that he's got to read like he's. Uh, Has it reached know, a Gallup level for you, where it's like that was a that was a, I, worthwhile, I, that was I, a worthwhile excuse for a couple of weeks, but now we're we're here and you need to be playing. I I I really thought when I saw at LSU, I thought I would see a downhill Reckham type of a linebacker. I've seen some really good plays. I've seen stuff that he looks completely confused. I don't think he looks as aware as he needs to be. I think he honestly misses Leighton Van Der Esch. I think yeah. Leighton Van Der Esch was the one guy that could kind of – it's very similar to what Darren Woodson did for Roy Williams. Speaking he, of, Darren Woodson is a Hall of Fame finalist as well. Go. Good for him. But that's what I'm saying. I, I don't – by the way, I'd take – Darren Woodson over Chuck Howley, if you gave me a choice, if it was one or the other. Who oh, Darren, be- Darren Woodson deserves it. Darren, yeah. Darren Woodson yeah. was uh, yeah. a victim of being asked to do everything all over the football field. No question. That, but the thing with Clark, I, I kind of felt like that we would see improvement every week. I think we see one or two good things, and then we fall back into another little area. Um, I think that, you know, get him through this season – and then figure things out from there and see what you got for next year. I, I'm, I'm I'm a little disappointed because I thought I thought he was going to be a Reckham player. And maybe all of a sudden the light will come on. But right now I'm not seeing a Reckham player. Yeah, really briefly, because we got time for one more question of this. Did you at least have a little bit more uh, optimism coming out of the Tennessee game? Yeah, but I, I'm, he still struggles in pass coverage and – you know, there's some things that I don't think he's seeing is the right way on some of his uh, some of his fits and finishes. Last question here. We got about, uh, I don't know, we got about two minutes to address this one. Uh, question from Garrett. What has the higher chance of ending the Cowboys season early? Brian, the offense giving up the ball in a crucial time or the defense not being able to cover wide receivers? I think the big play on defense will be the problem. I think there'll be something... I just don't want to get in one of these games where all of a sudden you have to punt to Green Bay, you punt to Tampa, and you've left those those Hall of Fame quarterbacks a timeout in a minute three, and and then all of a sudden it's the it's the it's the chunk play, it's another chunk, it's a it's a screen, it's a chunk play to the middle of the tight end, it's a call timeout, it's another chunk play, and then it's a Mason Crosby game winning field goal. You know, that's or or it's hand. It's a screen to Leonard Fournette. It's a pass to, you know, 
just take your pick of who you want in Jackson or excuse me in Tampa, you know, with that situation. But I I, I just I think it's gonna be a chunk play that's gonna that's gonna and man and, and maybe the officials won't call a penalty or something like that. But the one thing the problem the Cowboys have had is is those chunk plays. It's that yeah. it's that not that they stop they don't stop a screen that goes for 14 yards or a screen that goes for 20 something yards. I mean, look at the plays that look at the plays that Jacksonville had just on the jet sweep. You know, these chunk plays are and you worry about that because all it takes is one play for Rodgers or Brady to get into a rhythm when it's the final minute of a game. And that's the thing that carries them through to victory. Which I'll I'll close with my own question for the Dean Julia love of the star mailbag. Which do you have more confidence in? Two minutes left, <laughs> two timeouts, 75 yards to go, you need a touchdown. Do you have more confidence in the offense executing that scenario to go ahead, or do you have more confidence in the defense stopping that and not allowing them to go ahead? I think Dak is really, really good. We saw that in the Texans game. I think when they play at a high tempo, high pace, I think that Dak's pretty darn good at that. Give him the timeouts. Give him the ability to throw the ball. We saw how fast Philadelphia got down the field that in that game. You know, I mean, you if you'd have gone for it and put the ball in the two, why do I feel like they were they would be at midfield in two plays? You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's just I, I I have confidence that Dak can go win a game. I can say he did it three weeks ago. You know, when he plays at pace, he's a pretty damn good player. You know, but defensively, I mean, you got to stop against you got to stop against Philadelphia on four down. You know, four straight downs. But man, that ball went down the field in a hurry. God, and they they didn't have to use their timeout. You know, they, they actually helped you by spiking that ball. I think they did. They yeah. instead of having four plays, they only had three plays. You know, and they were throwing at the end zone for a chance to win. So, kind of tough. That does it for us here on the Love of the Star. Uh, we will come to you guys one more time this week, and uh, then next week we're in full uh, playoff preview mode. Until then, we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>